Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Alrighty, after a big weekend, round two. Not only on the field, but off the field for me. Got to be on a skater. I'm feeling worst for wear uh, here at the Shelter Footy Cast on Backchat Studios. How are you? Hello, Scully. Really good. Uh, the end of day two of uh, abstinence from lots of things in life, most notably <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> no, seriously. Some, some self-driven, some not. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I'm trying to get to 50 days. And okay. uh, when I do, I'll be jumping straight back into the shelter. But uh, 50 good. days, that's a plan. Two days in. Uh, you, on the other hand, as you said. Oh, I'm never drinking, I'm you, never drinking again in my Hard. Yep. Uh, you look like the bloke from the hangover, except you haven't lost a tooth yet, and uh, there's oh. been no tigers involved. But uh, I'll tell you what you have excelled, and your tipping has gone through the roof this weekend. Yeah. You're back in town. Yeah, you've got so has. many things you've predicted correctly, so congratulations on that. But you yeah. know, with every compliment that I love to give you, I'll decide to give you a little clip across the year as well. Because What have you got for me? Well, just going back to our... This, no, this will be good. No, I actually one. can't wait. I Before actually can't one. wait for this. This will be great. You said to me with such confidence that the Dockers would be <laughs> six and zero uh, after round six. They are more chance, obviously, of now being zero and six oh. after six rounds. Um, that is the disappointing story of the weekend. And on a serious note, from from a West Australian footy perspective, but uh, yeah, going on. It's uh, it's worth getting our teeth into. Oh well, thanks, that Skeeter. I appreciate that update for our listeners who know very well what I said about the Fremantle Dockers that they're going to start six and zero and they're going to be top two on the ladder. Pooparama is how you would describe that. <laughs> Absolute Pooparama. Anyway, we'll get into that. I did want to start with this. So uh, if you want to follow us, give us a follow on Shelter Footycast over at uh, socials. Uh, you can send us an email, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. This is the last show on the back chat feed. Shelter Footycast still exists, still alive. You just have to subscribe to the new feed on Spotify, on Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's really easy. If you want to jump on socials, click a link and it'll subscribe for you. Um, just a uh, very worst case, get your daughters to do it, just like Skeet would do, correct? Absolutely. Very good. Okay, so make sure you do that. This is the last time it's on Backchat Feed. We will be over on the Shelter Footycast feed just after this. Now, um, the tipping prizes and competition still going on. So there's weekly prizes, so you can jump on and do that. I got six. You got three? No, I think I got four. I think you got three, actually. We just went through the numbers. Well, so no, we- I think that's a lie because <laughs> I got three yesterday. Did you? Oh, I got the, the Eagles, I got uh, Don, yes. and I got uh, Sydney, and I got Collingwood. So I got to get four. It was a right. pretty average weekend for me, I'll be honest. I was crap, and I was pretty pissed off about it. To be yeah, you were. You were actually... You were, no, I just... You, I, I hate losing, full stop. You weren't, like you. You, weren't happy, you weren't happy with some of the performances of some teams, maybe on the punt as well, yesterday, <laughs> no, Adelaide. 
Yeah, so well, I didn't punt on Adelaide, but they were, they were, they were we'll get to them. But okay. they were horrendous in the first half. Okay, very good. Right, let's get into some big moments of the round if I can survive this podcast on a Monday morning. Feeling great. <laughs> okay, Frio lose. Um, we'll get into the actual game, but let's talk about the moment at the end, the siren controversy, what's going on there. Where do you sit on it? There's people still split on this. Right call, wrong call? I think in the circumstances where the umpires are at, I'm going to say right call by the umpires. And the AFL's ticked off at it. That doesn't mean it's... But by the letter of the law, I believe that the right call was made. In the spirit of where we sit with other examples uh, that have been spoken about with the siren going, the ball mid-flight, if it had been kicked, would it have been counted as a behind, for instance? There's there's a few grey areas in that, but... Look, I, you, were, pr- you were calling. Yep. Were you running the play-by-play at the time? I was calling the, the game at the time. I called North Melbourne are going to win this because the kick came out of defence. But obviously, as that happened, I'm watching uh, the player and the celebrations about to begin. As Carl was, uh, he, he was watching the ball go out of bounds and he said, is this going to be a free kick? Now, the siren obviously went in yes. that period, which is still to be determined. Um, I think the, the, the clock hit 0-0. The ball was still in play. The siren sounding, there's conjecture as to when that happened. And, of course, the, the umpires have to hear it and then indicate. So right. I can't be definitive, but I'm, I'm comfortable with the, the, the result being North Melbourne because I believe they deserve to win. It, it would have been more controversial if the free kick was awarded, someone goes back, slots the goal from the boundary. <laughs> exactly. That would have created more controversy because, by all reports, North Melbourne were the better team. Absolutely. They were, they were terrific. They, they did what, in many ways, what St Kilda did. They really restricted the ball movement of Fremantle and the frustration of the Dockers going inside 50. Look, let's be honest, and you can dress this up any way you want. After two rounds, their tall forward line has been an abject failure. Oh. Abject failure. You can, you can dress it up how you want. Uh, Matt Tavern has been subbed out a couple of times, not looking uh, threatening at all. Luke Jackson... Has been poor. Hasn't been working. Hasn't hasn't got enough of the footy inside the forward 50. Um, Josh Tracy only lasted one match. Um, that Fife obviously was injured, which didn't help on the weekend. That that would be the dressing up that I would do. Uh, so that, so they've spent the whole preseason with Nat Fife running around and Josh Tracy. They dropped Josh Tracy after one round. Nat Fife comes out of the team. So it's not even in the forward line. that And, and Walters was a sub. So... Mm. I'll, I'll defend them, all right. Devil's advocate, like they don't have they don't have the team that they thought they were going to have, and they haven't adapted to it, and they've been poor. But that's why, isn't it? They're getting each other's way, though. Yeah. I mean, if the, whatever um, machinations were there or, or combination they had this going on the weekend, for instance, and I think the week before, they didn't seem. To, it was like they hadn't played together at all, let alone trained. It, it just felt like there was a lot of clunkiness about it. Now, let's put it down also to a the coaching of Alastair Clarkson on the weekend and Ross Lyon. Well, the it week seems before. like there's a blueprint there. Yeah, Rick Fremantle's ball movement totally, and they struggle to get it inside fifty, and then look out. Yeah, and look, that's exactly right. And so, it's, and let me point out, it's the connectivity between the mids and the forwards. As as much as the forwards didn't find a way to take a mark, it, it, and the ball was delivered probably not overly well on both weekends that we've seen them. Yes. Okay, very good. We'll get into that game a little bit more, break that down. What about uh, lights out at the Gabba? I was calling this game um, pretty much over at 6PR, and we're watching along. It was an absolute boring game. Melbourne were all over them, absolutely dominating them. And they, uh, Sorry, uh, Brisbane were all over them, dominating Melbourne. And then the lights go out, done. So they're off the field for 35 minutes. No one knew what was going on. No, no one knew the rules with this either. So you're trying to figure out, uh, would the game be a draw? Would they you know, award the points? Uh, it, it came about that after half time, it's pretty much 
um, a stoppage uh, of more than 50 minutes. I think about an hour. Yeah. And then, then the game, I think if it was called off, goes to Brisbane in that case because they were in front. Talking about controversies, if Brisbane had have come back, uh, sorry, if Melbourne had have come back and won that game, I think Chris Fagan may have burnt the entire stadium down. Don't worry about the light globe that was on fire. The whole of the Gabba would have been set on fire. That Because they, they come out after the break. Um, you, you mentioned Melbourne were out in the ground warming up and Brisbane were stuck inside still. Yeah, the complaint that Fagan made was that his players were told to stay inside the rooms. Um, at the same time, another message is reportedly delivered to the Demons and they are told they can go out because two of the light towers had come on so there was availability to go and warm up again. Fagan didn't get that. His thinking is that because Melbourne had that extra time to get themselves moving was advantageous um, in the in the second part of the game. And so, look, the right team won again there. Yes. Uh, the, the Brisbane Lions, who in many ways, uh, what, what what annoyed me is that I've, I've tipped them to win the flag this year and I jumped off them after one week. And they're playing in Brisbane. They're playing in Brisbane. They are flat-track bullies. Nice tips, Kevin. They're flat-track bullies. Who they're are? From, Brisbane, of course they are. <laughs> That that needs to be addressed if they're to go anywhere this year. But they, they were very impressive. I was actually hoping the game would be called off because uh, I had, in the end, I had uh, total points under and over, 175.5. So I wanted over. Do you know what they finished on? 175. Needed one more point. And you don't think I'm at a, at a birthday party on Friday night and thinking, nah, this is going to treat. And we get, I get rolled by a point, which sums up the weekend. Well, there you go. There we go. That's how it finished up over at the Gabba. Um, uh, I want to move on to this one because we do have to get through all the games. Now, I've got to throw some stats at you here, Skeeter. I know you love the stats. So if, if I said to you at the start of this season, West Coast play finals, uh, Fremantle top two. No, if I said to you mm. at the start of the season, after two rounds, Geelong, Freo and Western Bulldogs are all zero and two. And inside the top five on two and zero are St Kilda, Essendon and North Melbourne. You would have spewed up. You would have spewed up. Well, most people would just laugh at you, essentially, yes. which is fair enough. I, I'll go back to a couple of those sides. As I said, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a believer that Geelong goes back-to-back, back, but bear in mind, this last year, they were 5-4 and four at, at the well, almost the halfway mark. They won the next 16 games. So they weren't travelling all that flash at the start of last year, but yeah, you, right. you don't want to be chasing your tail early in the season, as we know. The question I can throw back at you is, do you think after these two ma- matches for, for all clubs, Ross Lyon or Alistair Clarkson, if we were to have a coach of the of the month uh, in play, who's who's been more probably probably St Kilda, given their uh, injuries and list, like and who they've played maybe, yeah, and who who they've played and how they've won. I mean, St Kilda smashes the Bulldogs, right? And 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 North have had a couple of tight wins against the two West Australian sides. Um, but I mean, I, I still, I still think I'm still in the Fremantle's not a bad football team camp. Like last year, they had the same game they had on the weekend, but they won it due to Heath Chapman. They were against Adelaide, who were bad, and they win that by a point, right? And then they play St Kilda, who were bad, and they lose. They lost easily in round mm. two, so they could have quite easily been sitting zero and two last year. The Fremantle Dockers. So if we look at history, that's how they go. It's whether or not they can turn it around. And they've got what a massive derby coming up. Like, what I think recent memory, most on the line for both, you know, this should be a huge build up with a really physical, fierce game. Biggest in a long time that I can remember. Well, I think it's bigger for Fremantle than the Eagles. And that's not discounting the fact if the Eagles win their, their year, suddenly 
looks far more positive. But I think given the expectation and given what the Dockers were expecting this year, a 0-3 start is like apocalypse now. All right, here's some stats. Two teams since 2012 has made finals from 0-3. Two teams. Sydney 2017 and GWS 2021. Carlton also made finals in 2013, but they finished ninth, and Essendon were pulled out of the finals due to the supplement saga. So if you start 0-3, again, I was talking about this last week, you can say what you like, oh, Geelong, you know, this and that. Like, Geelong played Gold Coast this week, they should go to 1-2. and two. They should, in fact, win the next 3 or 4. But 0-3, the stats don't lie. If you start like that, you're not playing finals. No team has played top four from 0-3. No team has won a flag, ever. Let me throw one at you, and I don't have the exact number, but I remember being told, uh, listening on radio, that Carlton last year were might have been eight and one or seven and two, missed the finals. So the other way around. It, well, it, but rare. Look, I, so I, ta- I, I, ta- I take your point completely, and I totally agree with it. And we go back to what Port Adelaide did last year, zero and five, and it was game over. Their their one win, maybe two wins. You can say um, away from being back in the mix, Fremantle, but also one loss away. I think. This weekend, if it if it and bear in mind the teams they've been beaten by. Yes, into, again, yeah. some of these teams might be better than what we think, but they've still got some of the top teams to come. Uh, uh, look, I've been inside the dressing room at West Coast. You cannot tell me for one second that those players at West Coast and Adam Simpson won't know about this and won't be using it as motivation. Simo is a motivation guy. He finds different reasons to. You've got to be able to do that in footy, right? You, some teams are just great, but even Geelong would have. All right, this is what we're going to do this week. This week will be about derailing the Fremantle Dockers. Done. See you later. Will Schofield, Mark Rennings, Shelter Footycast. Let's have a look at both the West Australian games to start with. North Melbourne defeat Fremantle by one point. Freo start the season 0-2. Clarkson's wooden spooners start 2-0. and zero. Nat Fife are late out with this one with plantar fasciitis. So just so we know... Uh, plantar fasciitis just doesn't come about. So this late out because it was a late late out, wasn't mm. it? You don't just that doesn't you don't you not that doesn't come out. So they, they would have known on Monday. So, so, and also, would it would he have played with that in round one? Uh, yeah. Well, sorry, there would have been an incident to sort of like plantar fasciitis can either be like a build up of uh, over mm, time, or you can so. have sort of one incident. Basically, it's the tendons underneath your arm. Uh, I reckon get the Travis Kelsey uh, underneath your, your arm. Uh, sorry, un- underneath your foot. I just think maybe get the Travis Kelsey know your role and shut your mouth. Um, <laughs> Ready. It, it's the tendons underneath your foot that connect basically into your heel, and they can fray away. If you tear it completely, you lose some structure in your foot, but you lose the pain. No pain. So this is the injury that people have jumped off beds. Robert, well, Robert Harvey. Harvey is a prime example. Josh Jump. Kennedy played for 12 rounds with plantar fasciitis and like a half a torn plantar fascia um, in about 2014. Did he 15. not think of doing the Robert Harvey? Tried to, but you, like it's not it's not easy. Okay. Right? And so, and it's not necessarily what you want either. You don't want one, but to get rid of the pain, it works. So, look, it's not a good injury. I've had it before. It's like a, it's like a knife. Every time you step, it's like putting a knife into the... Uh, Undersole your foot. Wow. Stabbing into your foot. Like that's what it feels every time like. You run. It feels like someone's tearing the tendons inside your foot every time you run. Every every step. So how long is he out for? They're saying one week. It's gotta be longer term. You though, can jab it? it. You can jab okay. it. It's just more you'll play jabbed and then you can't walk. Like he won't be able to tr- like won't be able to tr- it's a, it's not a good injury to have. Not not a good injury. So that's a big out for for Freo and Fife and it probably derails the first half of his year, to be honest. 
Um, it's not a good start. Tell you what, and if that is long, I mean, Nat Five, if he has another year where he's playing eight to ten games, <coughs> I know it's early call, but he'd have to be thinking about. Yeah, it's he, difficult. He's been a thoroughbred, and a thoroughbreds shouldn't be finishing on one leg. And in that's the paddock. exactly right. If, if if it's as if it's one of those years, which we hope it's not, then yeah, he'd have to seriously consider whether it's worth going through the hard work again. Did, was there any positives for Fremantle in the game? Oh look, the defence is always oh, look. Oh, that that's that's one of the areas I think you've got to look at and say, look, you know, Alex Pierce, even though you know Nick Larkey still does a number, he gets yeah. gets gets on the scoreboard. Yeah, um, I thought Walters defense, came on, kicked two. That's that's a positive. Walters, absolutely, yeah, and that was that was. The, I guess we were calling for it the week before as well. The, the smaller forward line for Fremantle, I think, probably is. I think they need a bit more. Swikowski, Schultz, and and Walters. Can they all play on the ground at the same time? Well, I should be. Able I don't to. see why not. I don't see why they can't, and primarily because none of the uh, big boys could take a mark. I mean, Sean Darcy's um, numbers and, and I think what is it ranking points? They were they were very low for him. Talk about the forward line. The ruck combination's not working at the moment either. Sean Darcy. Look, these these were worries and fears that people had, me including when Jackson was brought to the footy club. How does that work? Because Sean Darcy isn't a guy that needs a chop out. He's he, a meat and potatoes. He, he actually... <laughs> no, he does. Just yeah. wants to keep rolling. Yes, and as the game gets on, you can see him battling his ruckman. Where If you take that away and, you, and you're trying to inject someone into the game, and that's all good for Jackson, but Darcy loses that consistency, that he loses that you know, that fight that he really wants to make him a good player. So that's not working at the moment. Is there... Now, Luke Spur threw this out there. I'm not sure, given the, the talent that is down back for, for Fremantle. And look, I, I don't mind thinking no, outside the square. No. But he's saying he's going... He's no. going after two games, which I, I'm going well. Who are we putting back? Sean Darcy or Jackson? He wants Jackson no. to be considered at centre-half back. To me... Well, so you have to drop someone because you can't, you can't play. No, but whether, whether he's, he's suggesting Brennan Cox goes forward. Brendan Cox was all Australian squad last year as a backman. They are, he's just throwing. And I'll, I'll look, I'm, but you know, at this, is this at what this, you were saying back to him because I, 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 I said to, no, I, yeah. I, look, all I said to him is, mate, we're two weeks in. I do think that Jack Jackson's he's been poor, and there's been chances where he's had to leap. But he doesn't look like taking a mark really. Yeah. He's juggled a couple, but um, well, I, I've, I've seen, I've seen um, Dalis Fife, you know, retire Fife. Uh, sack Peter Bell, sack Justin Longmuir, uh, Alex Pierce isn't a good captain, uh, Andrew Brayshaw can't play in the midfield anymore, um, Luke Jackson's no good as a forward, Sean Darcy's not playing. I've seen, you know... But you do- also have to be honest as well. Doom- doomsday. They- they've lost two games by not a lot. I mean, let's Okay, I'll be honest. They've lost two games by not a lot. They were touched up um, by North Melbourne on the weekend through the midfield. I haven't heard a lot of narratives... Maybe North's got a good midfield. Is, it, is that possible? Oh. Is that possible? Luke. With Cunnington, Davies one of the best Uniac. in the Davies Uniac Gun. Is, in, is in the top five players in the AFL. Probably got six Brownlow votes. That's correct. Uh, Jai Simpkin is a gun who gets a, a week for a strike on Sarong, I might add. Uh, and they've got a good ruckman, Todd Goldstein. So that, that's just their four core. They've got other guys running through there. Maybe with a bit of direction from Alistair Clarkson and the team he's brought in. Maybe they've got a good midfield. I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. No, exactly. But I don't think you can hide from the fact that through two weeks, the forward line for Fremantle has been very poor. The connectivity has been average. And some of those players you talked about, Fife was poor last week. Whether he was suffering from that injury, I'm not to know. But retirement for him is not imminent. So so, we- so, 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 so connection, just to speak about the connection yeah. with forwards and mids, right? 
the way that gets better is time. It's not it's not being it's not having better skills or having better players. That that doesn't give you connection, right? So you can't bring guys into a team and then our connection gets better. Connection is built over time and you can train it and you can study it so you can be shown vision. But connection is built on field in match play. So if it's not working, you can't just create it. So that that's an issue for Freo, obviously. But that's how connection is built, just over time. But so, they don't have time. Correct. Well, uh, and yeah, let correct. me say this. There was a, I was sitting there with a bloke right behind me on Saturday night that if he'd had the football 15 times on Saturday night, not saying he would have hit a target inside forward 50 every time, but David Mundy, his foot skills yes. are missing. But that's also time. So David Mundy, as a first-year player, would have would have had just like his... But there skill. are no first-year players in that midfield. All I'm saying is David Mundy, as a first-year player, he would have had similar skills to David Mundy, the, the 37-year-old that was playing. But his time and knowing what forwards do, where they move, what's going to happen in front of him, how, you know, the pressure, that, that, that's all I'm saying. Is, is a bit of time, that's what they need. And, and I think just cool the Jets a little bit, Freo, that's all. I know. I did, but, but I can understand the frustration with fans with Matt Taberner in the first couple of weeks. Um, Josh Tracy obviously only got the one opportunity but didn't do enough. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. And Nat Fife, round one, and Luke Jackson. So I do get the frustration at, at the excitement and what's been delivered. But you, you make a salient point, it is two weeks in. But there are some, if they're not, if they're not worried or not concerned about what they've delivered, 72 points... On the weekend, three of those goals came late in the piece, and fifty-two. You ain't going to win. Well, you mightn't win many games. Is their ball at all. movement faster? Because that was the issue against um, uh, Secure Kilda. I think they they attempted to do that, but look, without having you know, without being able to break it down, I think North Melbourne just made sure that the corridor was almost impenetrable in that yes. sense. Had to go wide. Yes. And whether there was a bit of a template from Ross line the week before, Clarko. They would have spoken to each other. I Totally. Yeah. It was, there were similarities with the way that match played out. Okay, there you go. Fremantle, I, I say cool Jets. Skeet says... No, I say they lose this week. They can't play finals. Thank you very much. I think you agree. Uh, I do. West Coast defeat GWS by 19 points, and they're winning the flag. I think they may win the flag. They're playing finals. <laughs> no, let's call our Jets on West Coast as well. Look, they play a side in GWS that had come off... As described by Toby Green, the hardest game he's ever played in his life. They lost Kelly, they lost Whitfield, they lost Perriman. A win's a win, though. West Coast hadn't won a home since yep. Essendon last year. Um, I was in the rooms after the game in West Coast. They, they were, it was almost relief. It was happiness. It was relief that they got to sing a song and win a game of footy. Absolutely, and why not? Look, I think they were right for the picking, the Giants, but guess what? The Eagles were right for the picking several times last year with their injury crisis as well. So yep. you take them when you get them, and what that win will do is engender... A bit more confidence around the club. They've been battered last week. Gary Lyon came out and, and said what he had to say. Lots of luminaries ready to stick the boots in. And, and fair enough, because they were poor against the North Melbourne side in the second quarter. But yesterday, speaking of the second quarter, they kicked eight goals to two. That's the first time they've kicked eight goals in a quarter since 2019. Yeah, right. Um, and it was a, a really exciting brand of footy they played. I mean, Jermaine Jones, you, you were at ground level, and I think you'd back me up here. The way he, he broke the lines... And metres gained, I think in the first half it was extraordinary. So he had, he had 776 metres gained for the for the day, 27 disposals, 11 inside 50s as a backman. So he played round one as a forward. It was one of West Coast's best as a forward, but they put him back. Um, I spoke to Jermaine uh, on the field with Fox Footy after the game and asked him 
where he thinks he plays his best footy and where he, and he said back um, really enjoys that run that dash and that's the messaging from Simo when he does play there is take the game on and other players around him look like they know to give him the footy as well but him playing like that if, if he played a season like that he'd be all, all first picked in the All-Australian team like that game he played yesterday was up there with the best running backman in the competition like that was incredible so off the back of that will the Dockers Put some work into him pretty early this weekend. I mean, you he, was, that, he was a big difference. He was a big difference. I, the only caveat I'll say here is that I reckon the Giants were 10% off yesterday with their pressure. A lot of things that they probably would bring to the table, or better, better sides bring to the table. Yep. Um, the Eagles were able to execute with a little bit more time and space. But again, there's no point trying to run down what the Eagles did. I thought so much was good. Jake Waterman, I thought it was his best game, yep, to four, be honest. Four goals. And get, I liked him getting up the ground and in the ruck. I just felt like it, it was, you know, saying release the shackles. Just He looked like he had a bit more freedom. Um, he led up well. The delivery to him was terrific. And you know, I'm really pleased for him. Yeah, the, the, the you know, big differences from the week before is around the middle. Um, West Coast looked really good. Kelly had five clearances, nine clearances to Luke Shuey, seven to Dom Sheed, and all of those guys got amongst the touches, so their senior mids were good. Um, uh, and their ball movement, they, they off the back of Jermaine Jones, but it was pretty evident across the ground that they wanted to take it on. they give that handball when they could go and break the lines. That, that's what they were trying to do, and that's what I saw in the preseason that I was excited about, and we didn't see as much of that from against North Melbourne. So... That's where you start to see patterns develop in seasons. It's, it's, you know, was North Melbourne's pressure the thing that stopped West Coast, or was it West Coast that stopped West Coast round one? We see what they do against Fremantle, and we probably get to make some decisions about this type of footy that West Coast want to play. Is it sustainable against sides with good defence? Because you don't, you can't deny, even though Fremantle can't score at the moment, neither can their opposition. You know, that hasn't been over seventy-five points scored against them. So. It's going to be a really big derby. Um, there was a couple of big moments. Liam Duggan on Jacob Weir. We, we talked about all week. The bump is dead. You will not see another bump. No, he um, fairly, um, uh, really forcefully, uh, but within the rules, uh, as bout of a textbook hip and shoulder as you could see. And Jacob Weir ends up doing his AC joint. He looked in enormous pain. But is that a part of our game, what Liam Duggan did? Absolutely. I mean, I don't think Adam Kingsley had no issue with it. Jacob Ware, poor young So why, why all last week are we going on about the bump being Be- dead? Because I think, I think when it comes down to it, Liam Duggan is, you know, probably, if not the fairest player, you know, he just he hasn't got a, a malicious bone in his body for, yeah. on the field. You would suggest that if he gets that slightly wrong, yeah. then there's trouble. That's what's happened previously. Because do you think... Players who go to try and execute a bump are meaning to no, get a bloke high. Like, I, mean, I mean, that's the point, isn't it? It's like, but, but they both go... The ball was... Put it this way. It wasn't a case where he could tackle his opponent because neither player had the ball as such. It was in dispute, to my recollection. Yeah. Oh, and I've watched it a few times. Um, Dugo leaves the ground with both feet. Um, doesn't touch the ball, so he goes at the player. and But he, but he hits him shoulder to shoulder. So... I just, I just think this is the problem in the game, though. We go on and on about bump being dead and no one can bump ever again, and then someone executes it properly, and it's oh yeah, well, that's a part of our game. I agree with everything you've you've said, but it's it's a great example of like if Jacob Weir is five centimeters smaller, or totally Dugo doesn't jump, or Dugo does jump, and they clash heads, like done. So, so, so that when the how, how are we punishing on the result of things? But the but the bump in the aspect is if you, if you're if ten players through the course of a game are, are delivering bumps like that, I think 
at least six or seven are going to go possibly wrong in terms of head high. Or, or yeah. there's, there's such a small margin yeah, for error. Uh, and look, it was it's instinctual. Uh, Dago deserved to to keep playing on and poor old Jacob Ware second time in two weeks he's been absolutely pole <laughs> he absolutely was uh, Gaff, uh, Andrew Gaff and Jack Darling break the games record mm. playing together for West Coast 235 games taking over from a couple of my good mates Josh Kennedy and Shannon Hearn most ever played together that's a pretty good start yeah it's an interesting start we talked about it with Ross Glendening in the pregame show um, yesterday uh, yeah Bunger's just doing what he does and and uh, Gaffy keeps going around, so and, and great to see Josh Kennedy go around yesterday in the in the car, which was a nice touch. Still waiting for my um, lap of honour. Felt, felt sorry for poor old Jackson Nelson. Why do you feel sorry for him? Well, because he got a lap of honour. I know you got a lap of honour, but it's like, I, it's like, yeah, he would have been feeling. Awkward, you feel Jack. a bit awkward because you got. He would have felt awkward, but the way Josh Kennedy is, Josh Kennedy would have made that happen. Yeah, like Josh wouldn't have wanted to sit in the car himself. by himself. Mm. So I, I did see a bit of commentary around that. Why is Jacko Nelson? Jacko played over a hundred games yeah. for the footy club. Um, you know, I don't think Jacko Nelson would have been knocking on Nizzy's door saying, can I please have a lap of honour? <laughs> totally. So just think about how he would have been Yeah, feeling. awkward. Yeah, no, totally. He would have felt terrible as well. But again, I'll put it back on Josh Kennedy. JK would have made Come sure... Come on, mate. Let's do this. Sitting. I want you there. Yeah, and that's what the sort of bike is. So, yeah, just don't think Jacko Nelson would <laughs> yeah, going around asking for laps of honour. <laughs> no, like, he like he I am. doesn't look like the sort of bloke. Um, Carlton defeat Geelong by eight points. Let's get into the rest of the round. Uh, we're going to whip through these. Carlton defeat Geelong. Who'd you pick in this one? Uh, Cats. Okay, I followed you, but I've de- I did say they're vulnerable without Tom Stewart, and that that's proven to be correct. And it's a really good win for Carlton because they were, they did uh, have to you know go through that that stage in the last half where Geelong were coming at them and um, mentally they've been pretty fragile in tight games, but they, they stood firm and and uh, the big boys get the job done up front again so I've, you know you have to be bullish about Carlton moving forward from the first two weeks at least correct I mean they get that game one against Richmond they start two and zero and he's, they're really sizzling Geelong starts zero and two the first reigning premier uh, since the Hawks in 2009 first time Geelong have started zero and two since 2004 haven't done it in 20 years so again uh, they can turn it around just like you said they, they started last year you know a bit you know 50-50 but the signs can you, can you yeah, read anything into it and it's like the f- the fire or the the, the the desire and the want it's just it's just dim it's not it's not out that being said I was listening to Stevie J on Triple M yesterday and he was very he said he was asked the same question you know going through the three premierships that yeah. he was involved with did the, the fire sort of dim a bit after you've won one he said absolutely not because you enjoyed it so much so even though people like me go oh you you've, you know your belly's full yeah clearly. For I mean, well, that's why they went through. You know, yeah, they yeah. won three, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Charlie Kernow kicks five goals. My pa- my pick of back to back Coleman's it might actually be the only thing that I got right at the start of the preseason. Uh, Jeremy Cameron six goals, twenty five touches. What a start to the I season! I don't know if you can play a better game than that. I actually don't. He got banged up a bit as well. Got yeah. a couple head knocks. So on that with the bump, bump man there, blah blah blah. So Jeremy Cameron clearly injures his ribs, right? And Carlton win. I know that, but he was the only guy that was going to get him back in the game. I didn't see one Carlton player just test him out a bit. Is that too old school by me? Is that old Mel Michael style Brisbane Bear, oh, Brisbane I don't, Lions I don't against mean like going Nick him in the ribs? But if you're standing next to a player and you know he's got sore ribs, like putting some pressure on his ribs, and just well, when you lay a tackle, yeah, he he wasn't touched. He wasn't. He was he was wincing and he was lying around. You could see how much pain he was in. I was just waiting for one player. 
Just a fair bump. Nothing. Yeah. I was just surprised at it, but maybe I'm getting too old school. So Carlton gets the win there. A very good uh, win by them, and, and they move forward. Brisbane defeat Melbourne by 11. We touched this game a little bit. And look, Brisbane were dominant in this game, um, and the lights go out, and Melbourne charge back, and they actually have a chance, probably with 50 seconds to go. Angus Brayshaw's sort of fouled, looks like, at the top of the 50. Maybe goes and kick a, kick a goal within, uh, you know, maybe 30 seconds to go. There might be a goal of difference, but they don't get it done. And I think the right result happens. Yeah, I mean, Max Gorn's injury is significant in the context of this game. So I spoke to Max Gorn on Saturday. So I was at a wedding. Um, that's why I'm sounding like an absolute muppet today. I was at a wedding with one of his mates uh, in Melbourne, I was. And we sent him a photo of ourselves together and said, uh, Hi, Max, I'm with uh, your friend John. Um, he's an idiot. We hope your knee's okay. And he wrote back, knee is okay. No major structural damage. So yep, I read that as well. So, yeah, great. But, but it, yeah, that's huge. Their midfield just got... Got mauled on the on the on the Friday night, yeah. and it's uh, you know think haven't of, seen that for a while. Think of the likes of, of Oliver and Petrarca just kept quiet. So yeah, look, the bottom line is Brisbane are always going to be tough to beat up there. Um, round one clearly an aberration away from home, but uh, they they've got they've got a lot of tools there. They've got the the mids, as I say, to, to get the job done. And Melbourne, I don't think they'll they'll take too much harm from that defeat. But yeah, that that little structural. Image with the the lights going out. Um, in, in fairness, they did try to tag Clayton Oliver. He had thirty seven touches. Um, Ashcroft uh, thirty seven still. I, I believe so. Yeah, um, is that right? I'm pretty sure it doesn't sound right, but I think he did thirty seven. Uh, wow. Uh, that, the, all the talk was that the, the midfield and Viney and uh, sorry and uh, and Oliver. As yeah, he had 37 touches and one goal after getting tagged. He had quite a bit after the lights went out. Um, and Ashcroft had 31. He, he's he's this you know, mobilising star, for, yeah, you know, guaranteed to win it. He was pretty quiet in the first round, but he has 31 and kicked a goal. Good game by him. Uh, who'd you pick? No, uh, I went Melbourne. Okay, so thank you for that. Yeah, perfect. Uh, Collingwood. I'm gonna. I'll stop asking you. Collingwood defeat Port Adelaide oh, by uh, 71 awesome. points. An absolute bloodbath at the MCG. Should, should we have seen this coming? Was this a, you know, Port Adelaide would have sent the whole preseason thinking about winning round one and then. Six days later, it's round two, and and they're sort of like up on the back foot a bit. They just they there's no it's relentless, and the speed yeah. of the ball, everything about Collingwood. There's they only got one gear, yeah, and that is just go, and that is it's just exciting. They're, they're the most entertaining, watchable side in the competition by that far. At the moment, and, I, and I've only seen Sydney in part yesterday, and they obviously we'll get to them, but... Collingwood's but, pretty cool to watch. When the ball goes yeah. into their back line and they turn it over, they've they started showing it on Fox, Foxwood and stuff, these waves that they do, but basically, like, to break that down from inside their team, it, you know, it's... West Coast used to call it the moment, and, and teams would have... So it's the moment that you recognise that your team's about to win that footy back. And it might you might be ahead of the ball, so reacting as a forward. You might be near an opponent, trying to... But the, the the Collingwood backs and midfield, as soon as they recognise that they're going to win it back, and it's and and they recognise it probably quicker than anyone. It's before it turn over, and they go, okay, we're going to go here, bang, gone. Like they are just sprinting in waves and handball and running gun and through the middle, and it's it's good to watch, isn't it? Well, you talk about Davies Uniac with six Brownlow votes. Well, um, I think Nick Dacos would have yep the uh, other six, yeah, the other six. six at the moment. Uh, just extraordinary. So I kicked a couple of goals. Uh, they were just. Awesome, and they're going to be so tough to beat. Oh, look, if you if you're about to if you've been critical at all, you're saying how can they sustain that, which they won't through 22, 23 rounds. Um, but I tell you what, you'd rather be winning this time of the year and banking victories than say Geelong, for instance, trying to find a bit of your mojo. So they are they had fourteen goal kickers on the weekend. I know, I know they scored high, but fourteen sharing the load a little bit as well. Ah, 
Big win. Uh, uh, I might say, if Jordan DeGoey doesn't get three votes in the first round, you, you came to me on radio about this, and I was thinking, why, did I, why was I not happy about it? Jordan DeGoey had 25 and kicked three in round one. Oh, yeah, he'll go close, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I said, I said um, Davies Yudiaki was the best player in the league, and he'll have six Brownlow votes leading to Brownlow. And you said... You think he's the best player in the league? Oh, mate, he's, he's very close to it. Mm, just yeah. by the eye test, mate. He's, yep. he's just moving on a different level to everyone else. He just the, the way he goes through packs, the acceleration, the, the movement, the vision... He's a gun, proper gun. Uh, Richmond defeat Adelaide by 32 points. It got a little bit closer there in the One middle. One point, they got two. Yeah. Adelaide, yeah. But, but Richmond's um, look, look the better side. I think Adelaide will be sort of in the middle range, whereas Richmond's sort of trying to press up a bit into finals. Yeah, they set this up in the first half, and, and Richmond, it was a training run. They absolutely toweled up Adelaide, uh, 45 points to lead early, and they, they were unstoppable. I mean, they just carved their way through the, the Adelaide defence who was sloppy, their hand passing was poor. Which happens against Richmond. That's what happens against the Richmond side. You get, I think the teams that get beaten by Richmond and get drawn into that run, gun, handball and rushed play that Richmond love. It looked like Adelaide did that, but they, when you get sucked into it and you haven't been practising it, that's when it goes Turn down ups, a bit. And yeah. they turn the ball over so many times, resulting in goals. Um, Dusty went off a little sore, so there's a question mark over him before facing Collingwood. And Nathan Broad, of course, will go to the tribunal, sent straight to the tribunal for his uh, tackle on Parnell. I'm expecting him to get three minimum. Yeah, so yeah, do you think it would be the same as the McAdam? Yeah, bump I mean, totally different incident. Same or more? Uh, because personally, I think the McAdam bump is a harder thing to stop because it's quicker than... Getting someone to tackle, spinning them fully, dumping them on the ground. Um, I'm usually a player defender, right? Uh, and especially a backman. I'm happy to defend players' actions, but you know what you're doing there. You, you're trying to hurt them. That, that's what you're trying to do. So it's got to be a high level of intention. He's hit him in the head. Did he get knocked out, the kid? Not sure if he got knocked out, to be honest. But so, either way, so that shouldn't, the act that's is, what I should, it shouldn't actually matter, but it will. Yeah. Um, so I think he's in a bit of strife there at the at tribunal. But Richmond get the job done on Adelaide. St Kilda defeat Western Bulldogs. I think Western Bulldogs probably the most disappointing team of the weekend if you take away Freo. Um, their loss over here at home. Western Bulldogs looked... I watched this game. They, they looked... Uh, sub-par against the St Kilda side that, let's be honest, they don't have their full team out there and they've started the season 2-0 and zero and they could very well go 3-0 and zero to start the year, but the Bulldogs just look, uh, I don't know, their ball movement and their forward line and their midfield looks weak and they've got nothing happening. Yeah, absolutely, and and obviously, I mean, Jack McRae, one of their, their prime ball movers, hasn't, hasn't really been able to impose himself. Um, they're missing Josh Dunkley, clearly, yep. but also their forward line, as you say, just, just hasn't clicked. I mean, the big boys... Uh, Jamara Eugle-Hagen, um, ditto, nothing. And uh, obviously there's an investigation from you know the racial abuse which came his way from both the Bulldogs and St Kilda. So let's hope whichever from idiots... From the crowd? Or? Yeah, from the crowd. Right. Yeah, I mean, we, it, it keeps happening. So, we, you know, why More give it oxygen apart from the fact that, you know, how are we still getting this these moments happening? Um, Darcy, the young bloke, a lot of talent. But again, a bit like Jackson, just a lot of excitement about him. But, yeah, but, hasn't played many games of footy. No, no, exactly. But there are expectations that he's to do more. So, yeah, the Bulldogs have been, I think with Fremantle, the most disappointing two teams. Oh, maybe I'm missing out anyone here, but I think they're the two most disappointing teams, given they played finals last year, Dockers did as well. I think the Bulldogs hugely disappointing with what we've seen. They're, they're, they're tall forward line either. Hasn't fought a shot. Maybe. Is there something there? Is there something there with tall forward tall, tall forward lines? Like, is anyone with a really tall forward line dominating? Like, Collingwood doesn't have a massive big no, tall forward I, line, I, do they? I think it's worth... 
examining, like as 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 these two clubs will, is how tall do, uh, are we going? Do we, do we need to maybe mix it up? And we saw West Coast drop a ruckman. Two, you know, they played two traditional rucks, although young guys. They dropped one of them for a Jake Waterman. And I think it was. A, I think it was a. Good move. Yeah, and and, Fre- and Fremantle sort of tried to do the same a bit with dro- dropping Josh Tracy, but they still do. So maybe we'll see another one strip out. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't drop a Jackson, can you? Like after no, no, moving I mean, heaven I, and I, earth to get him in the team? No, totally not. And, and and again, someone, you know, Millsy on radio this morning said, you know, he's taken the big big bucks. Well, of course he's taken the big bucks. He didn't offer <laughs> the money. <laughs> that was offered by the club. Yes. It came to the club obviously through, I, through a deal that was done. So... Don't blame him. You can blame him with the form that he's producing at the moment, which is fair enough. That's open slather. What he's getting paid to play like that doesn't is actually irrelevant to him. That's on the club. Yeah, and don't worry. If there's one bloke that's feeling the, the heat, and you can put this on a number of players, and we mentioned that the Bulldogs have probably got a few in that boat, given we're talking about their game, but the player themselves would be self-examining more than anyone. Absolutely, yeah. But players don't... Well, I think the vast majority of players don't walk around thinking one about how much money they're getting paid, and two, um, oh, if I didn't play well, it's no big deal. No one, no one thinks like that. <laughs> players are in the game to play well, and when they're not, they feel the pressure. Oh my! And that's why when you start poorly, it, the pressure builds. Like it's it's real. You you want to perform, and you want the fans to be happy about. It. You don't want to let anyone down. You want to play your role for your team. And when you're not doing it, that's their job. Like that's their job. And when they're not doing it. Like it's it's a bad place to be. That's why confidence is so huge in the AFL. Let's keep moving. Sydney defeat Hawthorne by eighty one points. Look, you can't call Hawthorne disappointing because we know what they're producing. You know, one one question that's been I've heard thrown around a little bit, and I got asked it on radio yesterday: Is what Hawthorne's done a form of tanking? What do you think about that? Oh, I think Sam Mitchell's got a, a clear vision for what he wants to do. Does he want them to be getting rolled by eighty one points and by the Swans and getting thumped by the Bombers? Absolutely not. I wouldn't have thought, but. I think he he understands what needs to be done. I'll tell you what, though, it makes a very interesting little matchup this week between uh, Clarko and, and Sam Mitchell in, in Launceston, but we'll talk about that Thursday. Yeah, I, I don't think tanking is the right word, but they're certainly putting more focus into getting games into young players and, and getting their lists, some, some numbers the, the, behind them. The way I answered it was, um, it, it depends how you look at success. If you, if you look at successes every week... Uh, Winning a game is success. Excuse me. Every game, winning a game is success. Or is premierships success? And it doesn't matter how you do that because he has prioritised winning a premiership above everything. He doesn't care about losing about by 81 So points. his goal, I would suspect, is instead of trying to win six to eight, ten games, whatever it is, over the next couple of years, um, as opposed to winning and then winning a flag maybe in, in eight to ten years. And bear in mind, Hawthorne's won a flag in... The past, you know, two decades, every four and a half years, roughly, they've they've been pretty prolific. So uh, they know the template. I think he is taking some pain for the longer term game. That's my gut feeling. So back on this game, didn't you ask on uh, Thursday, and what you excited to watch was to see how McDonald was in the forward line with nobody. Yeah, didn't you say? Wasn't that you? Yeah, there you go, Skeeter, and Joel Amati as well. Who who... McDonald kicks five, outscores the entire Hawthorne Football Club, and and Amati's. Really good over here. Four in the first quarter and a half. Absolutely, and I didn't see all this game either. But um, you know, Buddy, you don't worry. He's got his he's got his position back in the side this week, no question. But what do you do with Amadi? Do, do you use him as a second ruck? And because you can't drop him, you can't drop McDonald. No. And Buddy comes straight back in. So, um, and we have to have to say you others, I mean, even myself. I don't, I'm not sure I had them in the eight. I can't even remember. As sliders, now they've played the Gold Coast and Hawthorne. So. Just cool your jets a bit. They've yes. got Melbourne this week, but big game. Clearly, clearly, horse has got this team humming early. 
Uh, Papley looks really good. They, you know, they 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 look fine. But I think it's a, a fair point. Gold Coast and Hawthorne, I don't think are going to be challenging for finals this year. So they beat some sides they should beat. Uh, just a, a little positive for Hawthorne. I thought Lloyd Make was really good. Uh, kicked a goal, competed well in the ruck. Um, it was a bit quiet first round, but. He's in my super coach team, and so I needed him to play well, so I was happy. Essendon defeat Gold Coast by 28 points to finish the round. Um, Essendon start the season 2-0. and zero. No one saw that coming. There's not one person sitting around here that thought they'd be 2-0. and zero. Well, you thought the Gold Coast would win, which at three-quarter time, 72 points apiece. You know you... I said on the show that Gold Coast would win? Didn't I say that? Yeah. I, I did. Well, yeah. I've picked Essendon in all the tips. <laughs> you tipped Gold Coast last Thursday. I know, but I've, I've done my tips, and I've... I've picked Essendon. Oh, well, you, so, just, you just, just fly by the wind, whatever suits you at the time, Scully. <laughs> anyway, uh, Gold Coast, gee, they're disappointing. They, they had their chance in the third quarter to not put the Bombers away, but they kicked inaccurately. Um, and Langford, he's the guy that stood up for them and attacked the Bombers. And look, they haven't... They haven't kicked five. Put, yeah, kicked five, which is uh, career best for him. Um, they, they're not going to... Be, again, I still don't think they'll play finals, Essendon, but they've banked two wins... Again, uh, Brad Scott's got them believing. Big last quarter, they win by 28. And the Bombers, um, the faithful, at least can see some some green shoots. And that's no Wright, no Stringer, uh, no Wiedemann. So Lang- Langford does it and kicks five, but they didn't have any of their attacking strengths either, Essendon. No, so. Heppel subbed up off uh, before full time. Lockie Weller came back off an ACL, which is Good to see he had 24 touches, sort of straight back into it. Look, I, I, I agree. Gold Coast, really disappointing. Scores are level at three-quarter time. So when, when are the excuses... When do we run out of excuses for that club? Oh, man. Because it just feels like... You know, we all want them to do, do well, trust me. I mean, it, that's why the AFL has poured millions upon millions to get this club up and running. And we're just watching, you know, the same movie every year. Well, when did Stewie Dew take over as coach there? Oh. Like, did, did they have an opportunity there... To, He's to re-signed get, last year, didn't he? Yeah, but did they have an opportunity there to get a get a, a a marquee guy like a Clarkson or a Ross Lyon or a experienced coach that could come in and set some standards? Because that's what I keep hearing from North Melbourne and from St Kilda is these two guys, Ross Lyon, Elsa Clarkson. Say what you think about either of those guys. With you know, certainly, they've had some different controversies across their time as well, and their personalities, their behaviour. At times, absolutely, has been questioned. To the media, to the public, whatever it is, you, you can't deny that they're good coaches and, the, and that they set standards within footy clubs. I heard Lee Spurs speak mm. about it. Her, her lots of former Freo guys talk about Ross Lyon and what does he actually do? Why is he a good coach? He sets the standard. And so, to me, it looks like the Gold Coast Suns, they don't, they don't know. There's never been a standard of winning, for starters. They've never known how to win. There's no culture of no winning. No culture of winning. So, if you bring in a new coach, like a Stuart, Stuart Dew, Probably a very good coach, and he's come from Hawthorne as a coach, and um, you know, done really well there with some success. But he doesn't. I don't know. He's never. He doesn't have a winning culture either. But also, Scully, uh, you haven't lived there. I've, I've spent enough time there with family to know that they go home. The Gold Coast Bulletin. There'll be a couple of <laughs> couple of pars on them there. Uh, you know, it's all about the Titans and and the NRL. There's no pressure. There's no pre- there's no pressure from the to public perform. or the media to to put the acid on you mm. as a football club, in my opinion. And that, I mean, in WA in South Australia, Victoria, if you're going poorly, you'll be told about it regularly. I, I, I think they just go under the radar up there, which is is unfortunate because there's some hard truths that probably have to be told. Mark Reddings, Will Schofield, show the footy cast. <laughs> Let's finish this one off. Skeeter, Shelter, XPA, X-Factor. Now, I've got a name in front of me. 
Which club, by the way? Well, it's West actually, Coast. Well, the no. name in front of me is not playing for either of those clubs, oh. but I think we, I think we probably, I'll, I'll put this one as an honourable mention as I give you some time to who to give it for for West Coast. Honourable mention, West Australian. Logan McDonald, five goals for rights, but I think we'll have shipping some, and, and we'll transport issues shipping across <laughs> to Sydney, and we haven't quite launched over on the east coast of Shelter yet. So let's keep it in house. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a career day for Jake Waterman, isn't it? That's where I was heading. Um, argue quite strongly for Jermaine Jones as well. I think they're both sort of in the conversation. Um, I, I'm letting, I'll give you the call. I'm going to go with Jakey on the okay. basis that I think it's his best day in the office for the club. I know that he. Um, He's had some critics, and he hasn't quite been able to hit his straps. He's, well, he's played, I think, 70-plus games now, so he should be reaching pretty close to his optimum as a footballer, and hopefully that's the breakout performance. And I know that he will love the shelter, but what, one thing I do know is that his old man, Muddy, will get hold of a few of those cans <laughs> and just devour them. <laughs> if Jermaine does what he does, did last weekend and does it again, we give him a box of shelters. Very good. Shelter footy cast done and dusted. Last time you'll hear us here at Backchat on the feed on Backchat. So you're listening right now. I know a lot of you haven't swapped across, so that's why I'm talking to you now. You've got to subscribe to Shelter Footycast as a podcast because Thursday, when you come to listen to us and we're not on the Backchat feed, just remember what I said. Subscribe to the new feed, Shelter Footycast. Get up. Follow us on Instagram. All the details are there, Shelter Footycast. Or send us an email if you want to have a chat to us on the podcast here, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. Skeeter, get the mattress out. I'm going to have a sleep. I'm bloody tired, and I've had fun with you at least today. Uh, been a heap of fun. Uh, come back Thursday, folks. We've got our award-winning tips between us. We're hoping to get nine out of 18 <laughs> to get our season up and running. Stowey's off to bed. Uh, we'll see you in a few days. Bye-bye. 